Chapter 12, verses 1 through 13 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. At that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were in hunger, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was in hunger, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God, and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have ye not read in the law, how on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath, and are blameless? But I say unto you, that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Gloss. Having related the preaching together with the miracles of one year before John's inquiry, he passes to those of another year, namely after the death of John when Jesus is already in all things spoken against. And hence it is said, At that time Jesus passed through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. Augustine This which here follows is related both by Mark and Luke, without any question of discrepancy. Indeed, they do not say, At that time, so that Matthew has here perhaps preserved the order of time. They, that's of their recollection unless we take the words in a wider sense. At that time, that is, the time in which these many and diverse things were done, whence we may conceive that all these things happened after the death of John, for he is believed to have been beheaded a little after he sent his disciples to Christ, so that when he says, at that time, he may mean only an indefinite time. Chrysostom. Why then did he lead them through the cornfields on the Sabbath? seeing he knew all things, unless he desired to break the Sabbath. This he desired indeed, but not absolutely. Therefore he broke it not without cause, but furnished a sufficient reason, so that he both caused the law to cease, and yet offended not against it. Thus, in order to soften the Jews, he here introduces a natural necessity, that what is said, and his disciples being hungered, began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat although in things which are manifestly sinful, there can be no excuse. He who kills another cannot plead rage, nor can he who commits adultery lust, or any other cause. Yet here saying that the disciples were hungry, he delivers them from all accusation. Jerome, as we read in another evangelist, they had no opportunity of taking food because of the thronging of the multitude, and therefore they hungered as men that they rub the ears of corn in their hands, and with them satisfy themselves, is a proof of an austere life, and of men who needed not prepared meats, but sought only simple food. Chrysostom, here admire the disciples, who are so limited in their desires, that they have no care of the things of the body, but despise the support of the flesh. They are assailed by hunger, and yet they go not away from Christ. For had not they been hard-pressed by hunger, they would not have done this. What the Pharisees said to this is added, 
the pharisees seeing it said unto him behold thy disciples do what is not lawful to do on the sabbath augustine the jews rather charged the lord's disciples with the breach of the sabbath than with theft because it was commanded the people of israel in the law that they should not lay hold of any as a thief in their fields unless he sought to carry aught away with him but if any touched only what he needed to eat him they suffered to depart with impunity free jerome observe that the first apostles of the saviour broke the letter of the sabbath contrary to the opinion of the ebonites who received the other apostles but reject paul as a transgressor of the law then it proceeds to their excuse but he said unto them have ye not read what david did when he was in hungered to refute the false accusation of the pharisees he calls to mind the ancient history that david flying from saul came to nobah and being entertained by amalek the priest asked for food he having no common bread gave him the consecrated loaves which it was not lawful for any to eat but the priests only and the levites esteeming it a better action to deliver men from the danger of famine than to offer sacrifice to god for the preservation of man is a sacrifice acceptable to god thus then the lord meets their objection saying if david be an holy man and if you blame not the high priest abimelech but consider their excuse for their transgression of the law to be valid and that was hunger how do ye not approve in the apostles the same plea which you approve in others though even here there is much difference these rub ears of corn in their hands on the sabbath those ate the levitical bread and over and above the solemn sabbath it was the season of new moon during which when sought for at the banquet he fled from the royal palace chrysostom to clear his disciples he brings forward the instance of david whose glory as a prophet was great among the jews yet they could not hear answer that this was lawful for him because he was a prophet for it was not prophets but priests only who might eat and the greater was he who did this the greater is the defense of the disciples yet though david was a prophet they that were with him were not jerome observe that neither david nor his servants received the loaves of showbread before they had made answer that they were pure from women chrysostom but some will say how is this instance applicable to the question in hand for david did not transgress the sabbath herein is shown the wisdom of christ that he brings forward an instance stronger than the sabbath for it is by no means the same thing to violate the sabbath and to touch that sacred table which is lawful for none again he adds yet another answer saying or have ye not read in the law that on the sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the sabbath and are blameless jerome as though he had said ye bring complaints against my disciples that on the sabbath they rub ears of corn in their hands under stress of hunger and ye yourselves profane the sabbath slaying victims in the temple killing bulls burning holocausts on piles of wood also on the testimony of another gospel ye circumcise infants on the sabbath so that in keeping one law ye break that concerning the sabbath but the laws of god are never contrary to one another wisely therefore wherein his disciples might be accused of having transgressed them he shows that therein they follow the examples of amalek and david and this their pretended charge of breaking the sabbath he retorts truly 
and not having the plea of necessity upon those who had brought the accusation. Chrysostom, but that you should not say to me that to find an instance of another sin is not to excuse our own. Indeed, where the thing done and not the doer of it is accused, we excuse the thing done. But this is not enough. He said what is yet more, that they are blameless. But see how great a thing he brings in. First the place, in the temple. Secondly the time, on the Sabbath. The setting aside the law. And the word profane, not merely break. And that they are not only free from punishment, but from blame. And are blameless. And this second instance is not like the first, which he gave respecting David. For that was done but once, by David, who was not a priest, and was a case of necessity. But this second is done every Sabbath, and by the priests, and according to the law, so that not only by indulgence, as the first case would establish, but by the strict law the disciples are to be held blameless. But are the disciples priests? Yea, they are greater than priests. Forasmuch as he was there who is the Lord of the temple, who is the reality and not the type, and therefore it is added, But I say unto you, one greater than the temple is here. Jerome, the word hic is not a pronoun, but an adverb of place, here. For that place is greater than the temple, which contains the Lord of the temple. Augustine, it should be observed that one example is taken from royal persons, as David, the other from priestly, as those who profane the Sabbath for the service of the temple, so that much less can the charge concerning the rubbing the ears of corn attached to him who is indeed king and priest. Chrysostom. And because what he had said seemed hard to those that heard it, he again exhorts to mercy, introducing his discourse with emphasis, saying, But had ye known what that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would never have condemned the innocent. Jerome. What I will have mercy and not sacrifice signifies, we have explained above. The words, you would never have condemned the innocent, are to be referred to the apostles, and the meaning is, if ye allow the mercy of Amalek, and that he refreshed David when in danger of famishing, why do ye condemn my disciples? Chrysostom. Observe again how, in leading the discourse towards an apology for them, he shows his disciples to be above the need of any apology, and to be indeed blameless, as he had said above of the priests, and he adds yet another plea, which clears them of blame, for the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Rigmigius. He calls himself the Son of Man, and the meaning is, He whom ye suppose a mere man is God, the Lord of all creatures, and also of the Sabbath. And he has therefore power to change the law after his pleasure, because he made it. Augustine. He did not forbid his disciples to pluck the ears of corn on the Sabbath, that so he might convict both the Jews who then were and the Manichaeans who were to come, who will not pluck up an herb lest they should be committing a murder. Hilary, figuratively, first consider that this discourse was held at that time, namely, when he had given thanks to the Father for giving salvation to the Gentiles. The field is the world, the Sabbath is rest the corn, the ripening of them that believe for the harvest. Thus his passing through the cornfield on the Sabbath is the coming of the Lord into the world in the rest of the law. The hunger of the disciples is their desire for the salvation of men. 
Rabanus. They pluck the ears of corn when they withdraw men from devotion to the world. They rub them in their hands when they tear away their hearts from the lusts of the flesh. They eat the grain when they transfer such as are amended into the body of the church. Augustine. But no man passes into the body of Christ until he has been stripped of his fleshly raiment. According to that of the apostle, put ye off the old man. Rabanus. This they do on the Sabbath, that is, in the hope of eternal rest, to which they invite others. Also they walk through the cornfields with the Lord, who have delight in meditating on the scriptures. They are hungry while they desire to find the bread of life, that is, the love of God in them. They pluck the ears of corn and rub them in their hands, while they examine the testimonies to discover what lies hid under the letter of the law, and this on the Sabbath, that is, while they are free from disquieting thoughts. Hilary. The Pharisees, who thought that the key of the kingdom of heaven was in their hands, accused the disciples of doing what was not lawful to do, whereon the Lord reminded them of deeds in which, under the guise of facts, a prophecy was concealed, and that he might show the power of all things, he further added that it contained the form of that work which was to be. Had ye known what that meaneth, I will have mercy, for the work of our salvation is not in the sacrifice of the law, but in mercy. And the law having ceased, we are saved by the mercy of God, which gift, if they had understood, they would not have condemned the innocent, that is, his apostles, whom in their jealousy they were to accuse of having transgressed the law, where the old sacrifices having ceased, the new dispensation of mercy came through them to the aid of all. Verses 9 through 13. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, he will not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like the other. Jerome, because by fair instances he had vindicated his disciples from the charge of breaking the Sabbath, the Pharisees seek to bring false accusation against himself. Whence it is said, in passing thence, he came into their synagogue. Hilary, for the things that had gone before were said and done in the open air, and after this he entered the synagogue. Augustine. It might have been supposed that the matter of the ears of corn and this cure following had been done on the same day, for it is mentioned to have been the Sabbath day in both cases. Had not Luke shown us that they were on different days, so that what Matthew says, and when he had passed thence, he came into their synagogue, is to be taken as that he did not enter into the synagogue till he had passed thence. But whether several days intervened, or he went thither straight, is not expressed in this gospel. So that place is given to the relation of Luke, who tells of the healing of this kind of palsy on another Sabbath. Hilary, when he was entered into the synagogue, they bring a man of a withered hand, asking him whether it was lawful to heal on the Sabbath day, seeking an occasion of convicting him out of his answer, as it follows, 
and they brought him a man having a withered hand and asked him saying is it lawful to heal on the sabbath day chrysostom they do not ask that they might learn but that they may accuse him as it follows that they might accuse him though the action itself would have been enough yet they sought occasion against him in his words also thus providing for himself greater matter of complaint jerome and they ask him whether it is lawful to heal on the sabbath day that if he should refuse they might charge him with cruelty or want of power if he should heal him they might charge him with transgressing the law augustine but it may raise inquiry how matthew can say they asked the lord whether it were lawful to heal on the sabbath seeing mark and luke relate that it was the lord who asked them whether it was lawful on the sabbath day to do good or to do evil it is to be understood then that they first asked the lord is it lawful to heal on the sabbath day then understanding their thoughts that they sought an occasion to accuse him he placed in the midst him whom he was about to heal and put to them the question which mark and luke say that he did ask and when they remained silent he made the comparison respecting the sheep and concluded that they might do good on the sabbath day as it follows but he said unto them what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and if it fall into a pit on the sabbath day will he not lay hold of it and lift it out jerome thus he answers their question in such a way as to convict the questioners of covetousness if ye on the sabbath saith he would hasten to lift out a sheep or any other animal that might have fallen into a pit not for the sake of the animal but to preserve your own property how much more ought i to deliver a man who is so much better than a sheep gloss thus he answers their question with a suitable example so as to show that they profane the sabbath by works of covetousness who were charging him with profaning it by works of charity evil interpreters of the law who say that on the sabbath we ought to rest from good deeds when it is only evil deeds from which we ought to rest as it is said ye shall do no servile work therein that is no sin thus in the everlasting rest we shall rest only from evil and not from good augustine after this comparison concerning the sheep he concludes that it is lawful to do good on the sabbath day saying therefore it is lawful to do good on the sabbath chrysostom observe how he shows many reasons for this breaking of the sabbath but forasmuch as the man was incurably sick he proceeds straight away to the work as it follows then saith he to the man reach forth thy hand and he reached it forth and it was restored whole as the other jerome in the gospel which the nazarenes and ebonites use and which we have lately translated into greek out of the hebrew and which we may regard as the genuine matthew this man who has the withered hand is described as a builder and he makes his prayer in these words i was a builder and gained my living by the labor of my hands i pray thee jesus to restore me to health that i may not disgracefully beg my bread Rabanus. jesus teaches and works chiefly on the sabbath not only on account of the spiritual sabbath but on account of the gathering together of the people seeking that all should be saved hilary figuratively after the departure from the cornfield from which the apostles had received the fruits of their sowing he came to the synagogue there also to make ready the work of his harvest 
for there were afterwards many with the apostles who were healed jerome until the coming of the lord the saviour there was the withered hand in the synagogue of the jews and the works of the lord were not done in it but when he came upon earth the right hand was restored in the apostles who believed and given back to its former occupation hilary all healing is done by the word and the hand is restored as the other that is made like to the ministry of the apostles in the business of bestowing salvation and it teaches the pharisees that they should not be displeased that the work of human salvation is done by the apostles seeing that if they would believe their own hand would be made able to the ministry of the same duty Rabanus. otherwise the man who had the withered hand denotes the human race in its barrenness of good works dried up by the hand which was stretched out to the fruit this was healed by the stretching out of the innocent hand on the cross and well is this withered hand said to have been in the synagogue for where the gift of knowledge is greater there is the danger of an irrecoverable infliction the withered hand when it is to be healed is first bid to be stretched out because the weakness of a barren mind is healed by no means better than by liberality of almsgiving a man's right hand is affected when he is remiss in giving alms is left whole when he is attentive to his own interests but when the lord comes the right hand is restored whole as the left because what he has got together greedily that he distributes freely end of chapter twelve verses one through thirteen